All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. What's going on, good people of the internet? It is time for OnComicsGrounds.com's flagship podcast, Panel to Panel, where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such. We are back. We are back. After after the, the weather change and the snow caused sickness upon the land, we have returned. And like, like with the, the new spring season begun, and we are back with episode 20? Oh, no, there's a 30. There's a, there might be 30. It might be episode 30. I can't remember. Oh, actually, no, it's 29. It is 29. I made the thumbnail earlier. This is episode 29. Next episode will be episode 30. I'm excited. But we are back once again, once again, to talk about a very special movie. Now, normally, we talk about everything when it comes to comics, whether it be whatever subject we want to talk about. But tonight, it is a special night indeed, because the movie that we have been waiting for very patiently, as deep DC fans that we are, we have been waiting for the premiere of Birds of Prey. And I'm not dignifying it with the whole title. It's Birds of Prey. Get over it. <laughs> I refuse. Like, it, it, like the entire little like like spray painted tag is so like excessive, and I don't like it. I just I need it to go away. Like, it, it's one of my major complaints about the movie, but I've gotten over it because of the fact that the movie was so good that I was like, all right, whatever, it's fine. Like, like it's just one of those things, but. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll stop complaining now. But anyway, um, my name is James Portis. To my left, we have the man with the ridiculous afro that cut it real close by seeing the movie at the last minute. But we are thankful that he is here this evening. Mr. Travis Tucker, how you doing? Uh, I'm disappointed in you, James. That spray paint was awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Bro, I, I, I don't, don't, don't want to keep saying the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn over and over again when the movie was supposed to be Birds of Prey from the jump. I mean, it's a Harley movie. Let's be real. <sighs> yeah. And to my right, we have the woman who was the most the most excited out of the three of us to see this movie, mainly because like like some of her favorite characters are in this movie, especially Miss Renee Montoya. Miss Mary, how you doing this evening? I am doing fantastically. We saw it Thursday night, and we have tickets again to see it uh, 
Sunday, but this is going to come out on Monday. Fuck it. I'm going to have seen it twice by the time people listen to this. So. Damn Excellent. it. Excellent. <laughs> when Mary says that, you know it's a damn good movie. All right. Don't forget that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, YouTube, couple of couple of the small things like Overcast and Podcast Republic that use iTunes as like storage for their, their stuff. And we're working on getting ourselves on iHeartRadio. So for the fans of that app, we will be on there soon. But we are going to go ahead and dive into the discussion of Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, since he wants to correct me up in here. Uh, and we're going to start it from the top. So, <laughs> so the movie that kind of started all of this was the, a movie that many people don't like, which is Suicide Squad, because it's what gave Margot Robbie the ability to rise up as Harley Quinn for a full generation of people. And now with her basically declaring after Suicide Squad wrapped that she didn't like, like at first it was like at first I believe she had said that she wanted to do Gotham City Sirens, but then as time developed, it became more viable for her to do a Birds of Prey movie with Harley Quinn as the lead. And it's it's very interesting to see that develop because as many of us know, Harley is not a leader or member except for the rare occasion on the Birds of Prey. <laughs> so for like for, for her to just like like just insanely like, like hijack the movie and make it more amazing than the premise already was, I think is phenomenal. the The ability they already had of basically saying, "Okay, we have to acknowledge that Jared Leto exists, but like we're only gonna use the briefest of like." flashbacks to acknowledge that he exists even to the point that like the animated intro we do will purposely not be jared leto joker <laughs> i mean they acknowledged him in the shadiest way possible and i loved every second and i think there was like one or two scenes that like were done from scratch of joker from behind that obviously weren't jared leto because they were new shots so i like it's very obvious they want to just forget Leto exists entirely. Especially with the success of the, the new Joker movie. They're just like, get on out of here, go be a vampire and ruin your career. We're gonna keep making movies. <laughs> but uh, no. He does good in other places, just not sending people pigs, you know? That was... what, what I just... He was method acting. Whatever method acting my ass. Is. is he gonna start sending people bat? Is he is he gonna send Tyrese a bat on the set of Morbius? I, I, I don't know, dog. I don't know. Don't, that ain't me. Don't speak it into the universe because he's <laughs> Oh my god. If that really becomes a thing, like if I hear about that later after I just said that, I'm gonna die. <laughs> but no, um in ter- so like what were you, your guys' thoughts on the idea that Margot Rod, Robbie would lead the like th- this incarnation of Birds of Prey when it was announced? Like, Mar- Mary, I-, I know you were skeptical at-, at certain points of this conversation. Um, when we first heard that it was being developed, uh, because like you said, it had transitioned from the rumored Gotham City Sirens to Birds of Prey, I was a little curious. Because, you know, like you said, that Harley Quinn has never really been in the Birds of Prey. She's worked with the Birds of Prey, uh, most recently in Batgirl and the Birds of Prey for Rebirth and the Manslaughter story arc. 
but other than that, she's never really had any extended interaction with any of these girls. So when I heard that Margot Robbie was attached to the project, I'm like, okay, I can kind of see what she wants to do here because, you know, Margot Robbie famously fell in love with the comic books while researching Harley for Suicide Squad. I mean, absolutely famously fell in love with them. So I'm like, okay, she started reading, she got into Birds of Prey, but I'm kind of nervous. And I know that Harley was attached to it basically to sell the film because, you know, yes, we have had multiple iterations of various canaries on the CW, but, you know, Dinah has never really had a big break, as it were. Um, I started to get more suspect with the exclusion of Oracle. And I knew it's because there was um, the rumors of the Batgirl movie still floating around. I do believe that uh, Christina Hodson, the screenwriter for Birds of Prey, is still attached to writing Batgirl. But I know she's working on Flash right now. So it went from just kind of general suspicion to I kind of pieced it together before I saw the movie that Harley is not leading the team. She is working with them. Also, I'm just going to put this out there before we forget. This is probably going to be a little spoilery. So if you haven't Oh, I seen totally it, forgot to say that. Thank you. <laughs> so like, if you haven't seen it and you want to go in fresh, uh, just click it off right now and pick it up as soon as like when you're leaving the theater, just come see us again. So, like we will be here, don't you worry. So just be forewarned, we may drop a little too much information here. Oh, hey. <laughs> well, Travis, what were your thoughts on the idea that Harley Quinn was going to hijack this movie? Um, honestly, like I was, I was kind of excited because coming out of Suicide Squad, there are only three solid things I really enjoyed about it, which was Deadshot, Harley Quinn, Amanda Waller. That was it. You forgot? So, you forgot Captain Boomerang? Uh, I don't like Captain Boomerang in the comics. <laughs> oh, I find him tiresome. He's a snarky but, bastard, though. You right, but it's like, fucking boomerangs, man? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Like, it's just Batman with no bats. That's how I look at him, so it's just, like, sad. But, anyway, <laughs> um, I I was pretty excited to hear Margot Robbie was coming back as Harley Quinn because it's rare that we get, like, uh, a similar casting scenario that we got with like Chris Evans as Captain America and Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man I see a very similar like holy union with Margot Robbie and Harley Quinn she oh, plays she plays Harley better than I could have even imagined anyone else playing her and it makes me all kinds of excited because she's that she's that grimy I know the world sucks, I suck too, but I, I live kind of thing. And then she always finds a way to smile in it. And that's like the the identity she's carved out for herself since leaving the Joker. And let's be honest, Joker's always been a shitbag. And it's nice to see yeah. there's there's good that can come from his shitbaggery other than Bruce Wayne abusing kids. Like, I'm sorry if that's pretty upfront, but that's what I'm That, that was a little upfront, yeah. <laughs> But uh, I wrote a Twitter thread uh, Thursday night after we got out of the movie. And um, in one of the first tweets, because I break it down character by character. And the way I described it is that Margot Robbie is to Harley Quinn as Gal Gadot is to Wonder Woman. She has made, That's pretty her, perfect, yeah. she has made the character entirely her own. 
and honestly just for the better she is jimmy palmiotti and amanda connor's harley quinn come to life yeah i can definitely say that because like while i was skeptical about the idea of her being the front man or like the piece that made this movie sell to like warner brothers executives i definitely can agree that she is what like DC could have possibly dreamed of like someone playing Harley Quinn could be like there was rumors of during like the Schumacher movies that there was someone who was going to play Harley Quinn. But like the, the, the idea of like finally her being brought to life and not just being like someone on Joker's arm, her breaking free after like sort of starting to in my suicide squad. And then finally saying, no, we're broken up in this movie. You see the independence come to life because there was the whole thing in new 52, when she first broke free of Joker, where it was like, Oh, he's possibly dead. So we're broken up. But then I, and then I realized he was kind of a psychopath and here it's like, Oh, we just broke up. And now I realize that he was a psychopath. Like it's, it's sort of like the other extreme versus where we have the, the animated series right now. That's like, no, I flat out broke up with him and like, like on my terms. And it's, it's, it's very strange to see like the, this other total dynamic to it and to see how she loot, like the whole premise of the movie is based around that one act of her breaking up with Joker is insanity. So I really like what they do with it. But I gotta admit, I was very skeptical from the jump. Now, as the movie started to announce more of the cast, I was like, okay, I, I, I might be down with this. Because let's go into the first impressions of the cast announcements. Because what the, the first one that had me, like, from the jump, already on board was the idea da, 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 that Mary Elizabeth Winstead was going to play Helena Bertinelli, a.k.a. Huntress. Because that right there screamed to me that they want to have someone who's hardcore, that can do the role perfectly, and then, then can possibly continue on in other projects. Because she's already been in another comic book movie before. She was in Scott Pilgrim. And now she's in this, doing even better than she did back then. And I love her to death in this role. Uh, I don't know, like, if you guys have thoughts on her as Huntress at all. Like, when she was first cast, like, your impression of her. Uh, I was a little skeptical, because uh, you didn't, you don't see Ramona fight much in Scott Pilgrim. She's kind of like the, the MacGuffin of the whole movie. And she fights a little bit. But, man, I don't know. She, she kind of blew me away in this one. I was not expecting that. I was, it was very well done, as far as my knowledge of of Huntress is concerned. She really, like, captured the angry child that Huntress truly is. Yeah? Okay. Uh, Mary, what were your thoughts upon her, her casting? Um, when I heard that Mary Elizabeth Winstead had been cast, um, first of all, I was excited, because, I mean, you know, best first name ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the joke I make every time. Um, I haven't been tremendously familiar with her body of work because, you know, I saw Scott Pilgrim way back in the day. And then I think Sky when... High. Oh, yeah, she was in Sky High. <laughs> she was in she I was for... pain. I always forget that. But uh, I think the thing most recently I had seen her in was 10 Cloverfield Lane. And, you know, that actually has a very serious tone to it. And it kind of takes a bizarre action y turn towards the end. So I'm like, okay. I can see elements of Bertinelli here, 
And I think that this could work, but I remained cautiously optimistic. That was kind of my whole attitude going into this movie was cautiously optimistic. I can understand that. I can understand that. Um, Now, the other perfection casting for me, hands down, because I'll be real with you. I was tired of seeing shitty canaries on TV. Gotta admit. (laughs) They're not even China. It's it's like five different people playing Canary. Now, granted, I I love White Canary to death. Like, she was the one good thing that came out of that mess. But, like, now we have the best possible thing, which is Journey Smollett Bell playing Dinah Lance playing Black Canary. And, oh, my God. Like, from the jump of the announcement, I was on board. And then you see her later in images and you see her like 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 just like like doing the sort of like this mixture of new 52 singer black canary and then just being there in the stance of action and you're just like yes please give me more of this like and, and then you see what happens and i'm just oh like oh um like i also want to bring some light on how she's Blackity, 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 black, 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 and I fucking love it. Oh my See, god! That 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 was like like a weird thing right there because it was like, and we even talked about it on Blurred Grounds where it was like, yeah, we've had. Let me think. Like we we had CW, well, we had Smallville Canary, and then we had like like six different people on Arrow be Canary that were all white and blonde. So I was open to the idea of it because we've already seen multiple incarnations of a like true to race portrayal of canary and then we go into this with a whole different race a whole different idea of it but then a mixture of legacy canary from like like, like the actual dino lance from the comics and then a mix of the new 52 dino and it's just it's perfect and it's everything you could have imagined her to be and i I love it to death so one thing to consider is like when when she first fights like her outfit is extremely afro-futuristic very like reminiscent of the the strong very feminine outfits that were being boasted around that time around like disco era 70s time and then she's also rocking freeform dreads with beads all up in them and she's got her septum pierced and is unapologetic about everything about herself in that whole movie it was oh god i got pretty much the same review for everybody (laughs) (laughs) mary do you wish to speak on this pretty bird because i will use that oliver line and i have no shame I want you to know that I literally just put a pair of gloves on just to take them off as kind of a symbolic gesture that the gloves are off in this podcast. Um, Ooh! Let's get it. um, Journey Smollett-Bell is the definitive Black Canary. Ooh! Yes! I mean... Bring it, fanboys. She is Dinah through and through. And again, I was cautiously optimistic at her casting because, and I'm going to be honest here, I had never seen anything she had been in. I think maybe I had heard her name once or twice, but I had never really seen anything of substance that she had been in. So I'm like, okay, I like the direction we're going. She seems really passionate. So, you know, let's go. If an actor is passionate about the character they're adapting, I am automatically endeared to that person because I'm like, okay, you have the right mindset. And as time went on, you know, I followed her on Twitter because duh. 
And, you know, as time went on and she talked more and more and more about, you know, just the comics that she was reading and what she loved about the character and what she wanted to bring to the character, I'm like, yes, this is the right attitude. And what finally flipped me over the edge, aside from seeing the movie itself, was when Gail Simone spoke out about it. And, you know, Gail Simone is probably the definitive Birds of Prey writer. Again, gloves are off, Chuck Dixon can suck my dick. Oh, damn. Oh. Oh, he's a dick, and we all know it. Yeah, you're right. Again, no, she was uh, in Roll Bounce. Bro, yeah, she was Tori with the, the the braces and rollout. I'm about to say that with Mary. Oh, chewing on some yellow crayons. I know Paul yeah. Ryan with short yellow butt. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the black moment for me and for me and Travis. Okay, Mary, you can continue. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. But um, when I started to see that Gail and Journey were having public interactions, I'm like, wait, what? What the fuck? What's going on here? Because you know, we are decades into comic book movies. I mean, you know, we're, if we want to pull it all the way back to the 40s, I mean, we are so many decades into comic book movies. And it is still so awkward. It, not necessarily bad awkward, just strange to see the actors interacting with the creators. Because, I mean, take a second and think about it. How often do we see this? That, you know, public interactions for the fans to engage in. Like, other than Stan, like, very rare. Uh, shit, I mean, American Gods was the last time I thought about it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they got together to write a Nazi. So I think that was kind of a really big turning point, because, you know, we know that Margot Robbie had been meeting with Jimmy and Amanda. Um, Hugh Jackman had met with Wayne several times before. But, I mean, this is really in a public forum where, like I said, the fans are just as into the conversation as they are. So I'm like, holy shit, this woman loves Black Canary. And it was actually at CCXP when she was taking pictures that she had actually found a copy of an issue of Wonder Woman that Gail Simone had written that Black Canary and Wonder Woman were in together. So they're in Brazil, they're at CCXP, Journey goes hunting for Gal, for uh, Gal Gadot's handlers. And she's like, look, can you have her sign this for me? And they took it and they said, okay, we'll see what we can do. And so then Journey tweeted out about it and she's like, guys, I really hope she can do it, I'm really excited. And then Gal Gadot responded with, signed and ready to get back to you or something like that. Oh, yes. So I mean, you know, the fact that, you know, and like to use an internet word the fact that she's standing black canary so hard and then to you know wrap up this big rambly point that i have to look at all of this respect and adoration of this character and then to see it in the movie like journey and honestly all of the women in the movie threw a hundred percent of themselves into these mm. characters Yes. And not to mention, you know, and, and I will talk much more about it later, but the fact that all of these women, you know, they trained for weeks, they did a lot of their own combat. But I mean, you know, the fact that, you know, Journey would talk about training every morning, then shooting, then training again, and then getting drunk in Rosie Perez's trailer and just <laughs> all over again. Like, she is absolutely definitive Black Canary. She knows Dinah inside and out. 
I uh, was talking to someone after I saw the movie on Thursday, and I didn't want to spoil too much, but I said, um, find someone who loves you as much as Journey Smollett Bell loves Black Canary. Damn. Bro. We just gotta get her a, a banging ass Oliver Queen, and we in fucking heaven, bro. Like, I... Uh, I... And I, like you could even make him black at this point, just to emphasize the neck beard like rage even more. And I, I don't even no care. fuck it, make him interracial, make everyone ooh. mad, everyone. Ooh, ooh, like, yes. <laughs> ooh, yes. See, it, like it just and yeah, like me, me and Travis over here are geeking, but, but like like over her being a role balance. But like she's she's been active for so many years. She she shows she had the promise, and then like 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 Mary said, her showing the dedication to the role on Twitter and constantly praising Gail Simone and constantly talking about how much she loves this character. I'm like, yes, get it on. So now we go into the one that Mary's probably even going to be more excited about, which was the announcement of Rosie Perez as. Uh, Renee Montoya. Now, I'm not gonna take too long because I don't want to give up give up Mary's time because oh, I feel first. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody who has kept up with uh, Renee's career over the like over the years, like like even just seeing her like from her creation to then like like going into the comics and then being even greater as she went on. To then finally get to be in this live action format because there was that whole thing where Christopher Nolan tried to say later, "Oh yeah, that was totally Renee Montoya." No, was it you freaking liar? And then Ooh. now, we... see, Mary's even like, "Boo, boo, <laughs> <laughs> boo Christopher Nolan, boo." <laughs> uh, I love that South Park joke that we just like made happen. But like, nah, like, it, like to see her now and then to have Rosie Perez come in here. And like when it first cast, I was like, oh, she a little bit older. I- I'm down. Let's see what happens. And then it happens and it's amazing. And it's just like, oh. So for, like for somebody who like who is a long like time fan of the question and then to see her become the question and be even better for it and be pissed when she was like barely in the new 52 and then finally come back recently and then finally be on the big screen finally i'm happy i'm satisfied uh travis go ahead what were your thoughts on, on, on miss montoya that well, in well, one well, rosie movie, perez. well rosie perez in one movie made starsky and hutch magnum pi fucking every Dick Tracy asshole that came out since the 70s look like shit in one movie. Damn. Come for me, fanboys. I mean it. She was so <laughs> damn good. Like <laughs> Dude, this is like why we're friends, Travis. Yo, cuz people like I I love me a gritty fucking grimy alcoholic my life sucks detective, okay? I it's a real serious guilty pleasure of mine and like I don't know. She fucking blew it out of the out of the water for me. It was so good, and it was she had all the cheesy lines. They even acknowledged that they were corny as hell. Yeah, they she did. Was, she still meant her business, like. But on the same hand, she was so about her business that she was able to live at the fucking precinct in her pajamas, solving cases. Yep. It doesn't get any more depressed detective than that. You know what I mean? And it was so real and raw, all the connections they made in such a short amount of time for one character. I just found myself enthralled by everybody. And, and, oh, 
go ahead, Mary. Okay. We'll, 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 come, we'll, come, we'll come back to it, because I want to talk a little bit about the plot, but not go, like, super, like, play-by-play. But, Mary, let, 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 let's, let's pull out the 52 box. Let's pull out the, the Batman animated series box set, and let's have a talk. How are you feeling about Miss Montoya? It's funny that you should mention 52, because to raise the mic up closer to my face, it is actually resting on my 52 omnibus, because it's the biggest omnibus I have. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shit you not i will send you a picture later that is great but um renee montoya is a character that i have loved for years um you know growing up as a young gay woman and reading gotham central it scared the shit out of me because she she is outed by two-face she tries to come out to her family they turn their back on her it is an absolutely heartbreaking but very realistic tale you know she descends into alcoholism and you know let's have some truth talk as i've gotten older i've had my own problems with alcoholism and so to see so much of myself in this character that I love. Like, she has a high moral code. She's dedicated. She will do what is right. And it doesn't fucking matter. Like, she will do what she has to do. And when I heard that, you know, Renee Montoya was going to be in Birds of Prey, like, I actually kind of had to sit down and I'm like, holy shit, is this happening? Because, you know, Renee had previously been in Gotham. And I'm like, okay, cool, Renee's in Gotham. And then I'm like, why is Renee in Gotham? Don't do this to her. Because, <laughs> I mean, she gets dealt a real bad hand in season one. Yes, she does, and it was bullshit. And then, you know, when I was playing the Batman Telltale games, there's Renee Montoya, and I'm like, yay, this is exciting. But, you know, when I heard that, um, you know, she was going to be in this movie, I'm like, holy shit, this is the big time. Like, people, a casual audience will know who this character is. And so I got very hyped. And, you know, then we got the news that Rosie Perez was going to be playing Renee Montoya. And I just kind of stopped. And I'm like, okay, Rosie Perez, you know, not a name I had originally floated. But then I had a couple of different thoughts all at once. Um, The DC movies have done nothing but celebrate older women. And the fact that, you know, women over 50, it doesn't fucking matter. I mean, they can kick ass just as hard as anybody else. I mean, you had Robin Wright in Wonder Woman, uh, Nicole Kidman in Aquaman, um, uh, Viola Davis in Suicide Squad. Like, I mean, these are some very powerful women who are strong and will just fuck everybody up. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let's bring in Rosie. You know, I've been a longtime fan of hers, but I never, but like Rosie Perez and superhero movies never in my brain before and so like you know that was kind of a nice thought and that i thought about the opening scene of do the right thing and then i'm like okay you know what i'm super like gay into this too but yeah, <laughs> nobody's, gonna, nobody's gonna laugh at my joke i did i i, I was like simply chuckle i'm not gonna be, be too hard on you but seriously no that whole opening scene like uh she used to be a yes dancer but um <laughs> i'm not gay what <laughs> Okay. Now let's let's drop a few. Let, let's go from the older member of the cast and go to the younger because the announcement that Cassandra Cain was going to be a part of this movie had me very, very skeptical. Fucking woot. 
Now, the announcement that Rufio's niece was gonna be Cassandra Kane. Uh, what? Uh, what? Uh huh. I'm down. Let's let's do this. And yes, Ella J. Bosco played Cassandra Kane, and she, obviously she's she's still newer to the game. Has had some roles. I was skeptical, and as more promotional material was coming out, more images and whatnot, I, and then more and like more trailers and started happening. I, I had to correct myself. I had to resign myself to the idea that this is definitely not going to be my silent killer, my my misunderstood monster that it struggles to fo- like to find a family. Like it it, it took me a, a while to correct my expectations on this, and from what I got. I, I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool with what I got. I, I want more to develop, but for now, like, until we dis- discuss it more in the movie, I, I, I'm gonna say I, I have accepted what I got. It wasn't my favorite thing. Obviously, Black Canary was my favorite thing, but like I, I accept what I got. Travis, your thoughts? Actually, no, Travis, you get to wait because you're the more cast fan. Mary, what were your thoughts? Um. I was excited when I heard that Cass was going to be in it and because, you know, I love Cass Kane and, you know, it's nice to see her get uh, some more exposure recently because I mean, Batman and Robin eternal was a thing that happened and I don't like to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) I liked eternal boy. Don't even. (laughs) I liked eternal. I just could have done without the whole like weird mother storyline. And let's change David Kane into an emo sword wielder instead of a badass army guy. Like okay, but but factory fresh Robins, wild fucking concept. Okay, you're uh, right. I do like that. That was a good idea, but like them throwing David Kane out the window and changing Cass's origin, and then now we have to live in a world where Cass isn't Batgirl because they they fixed Barbara's spine, and I'm like. Yeah, and somehow, 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 Jason can beat her in a fist fight. Fuck that. Yeah, let's not talk about that. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to live in that world. I don't want to live in that world, no. no. But, <laughs> and I'm just going to kind of sum up all of my cast feelings here at one time. Um, she is the unfortunate casualty of the film. That yeah. Kane in the movie is nowhere really near um comic book Cassandra. And now they do leave doors open because there's the scene where, you know, she specifically mentions that the people fighting are her foster parents. And you know, mm. she has kind of these little tiny personality quirks that do remind me of Cass. You know, that kind of stay here and stay safe and be out of the way. And then it's like, no, fuck you. I'm going to run out here and do some shit, too. Like, There's potential in this girl. It, it can be, quote, course corrected. And they left shit tons of doors open, including a very nice Lady Shiva-sized door, if you know what I mean. Oh, oh yes. And I want to be abundantly clear here that Ella J. Bosco was phenomenal in the role that she played. I, I think she's a very talented young woman, and I think she has a very bright career ahead of her. So for the role being what it is in the movie, she did a fantastic job. And I would, like, I would like to see Ella J. Bosco particularly be given the chance to expand to a more comic book accurate Cassandra. Mm. So mm. If, 
if for whatever reason you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie yet, really, why are you doing this? But just in case, enjoy the role for what it is and you will be fine. Yes. Yes. Travis, I know you and I are both, like, like, all three of us are pretty much on the same page of our, like, our, like, like annoyance, but also, she did good. Are you, are yeah. you there too? Yeah, she did well. I, like I said, like I was saying before the show, my only problem was, is, is fanboy related. And we all know it's common for any not so well-known comic book character to come out in a comic book movie. They're going to be subject to some IP issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. They have to do something with it. And it being cast, it sucks. But like Mary said, they, they open the window for a whole mess of other stuff. They didn't really... They kept her nebul- nebulous enough to be able to shape her into Orphan or the Black Bat or whatever you know her. Kasumi, whatever you know her as. But... I just... I really want to see her fuck shit up in the future because her story with with her father and her mother on separate occasions and when they cut when they those worlds collide in the comics is very very good. So I'm willing to pay this price in Birds of Prey if it means I get cast later. Now I know there's a lot of people that were upset about her not being mute. I don't know how y'all feel about that. Like I, like I said, I had to go through a lot of like correction before I went into the movie and accept it. But like, I wasn't ready to like shame this poor girl for the direction of the movie. She did really well, like in, in the role. So I don't know how you guys feel about them not taking the opportunity to have a mute character on screen. Uh, I mean, I wasn't too bothered, but I, what I was bothered by was when they introduced her. And kind of made her seem like she was going to not say a word. And then, bam. She just can't stop talking. I was like, you assholes. But for the rest of it, I was fine. Mary? I mean, she Cass as a character isn't exactly mute, per se. I mean, she does speak in her first appearance. Um, she, she can speak. She just really doesn't. Because, you know, the language centers, I'm sure, have been affected by, you know, being raised in isolation. But, yeah. um... Again, I think it was as kind of a comic booky fangirl person. Um, it, it was difficult because this was not a Cassandra that I recognized. But by the end of the movie, it was a cast that I had really learned, like not learned, but I had really begun to enjoy. Okay. Okay. And I, I feel like our like I, I feel like the easy assumption for our our main villain. In terms of Ewan McGregor being Black Mask, th- th- that on paper enough had me ready to hit the theater. Like that, like the idea, like because you already seen him in different things like Moulin Rouge, or just you know him as this proper stoic character as Obi Wan, and then for him to come in here and just be this like asshole, psychopathic, like almost schizophrenic type character. It, I was blown the frick away. Like, I, like I made the joke before that he was more Arkham Zaz than Zaz was because, like, he's very like he, he goes from being very on par with like with himself to then having that sort of like like inferiority complex of tr- of having to like build himself up after being exiled from the Sionis family, and it just. It, it it wasn't what I thought Ewan McGregor could do, 
But when it was pitched to me, I was like, all right, I'm down. Let's see what he can do with it. Uh, either of you want to throw your hands on that one. Shit, I'll go. All right, well, <laughs> I I was very, very on my toes when I saw the trailer. But watching the movie, they didn't do what the trailer kind of said that they were going to do, which was make make Black Mask really obsessed over a girl kind of thing, which is not at fucking all what he was. And if I'm going to be completely frank for all you fucking sweaty neckbeards listening to this to be angry, he was fucking male fragility in one person, in every aspect (laughs) of it. I shit you not, man. Everything that didn't go his way, that wasn't controlled by him, that wasn't owned by him, was a fucking problem. And it was so much of a problem that he was willing to kill and fucking completely embarrass people in front of their friends and family and everyone who's around everyone's so afraid because he's the big man in the fucking room they don't say anything so i I fucking i loved i loved how well he executed and it was so by the time he put the actual black mask on i was like yeah it's that time of the day right now. Let's go. Let's Ooh, go. Oh, yes. Like, it, it's sitting die. there. And you're wondering, why did, why did she call him Black Mask? And you're sitting there the whole movie like, what's going on? What's going to happen? And then you see, like, the painting on the wall sort of, like, almost, like, like, like scribble painted over. And you wonder. And then it finally happens. And you're like, oh. Oh, shit. It's, it's about to go down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mary, your thoughts on uh, Obi Wan like assuming a villainous role? Okay, for one, I am disappointed that Black Mask didn't say Harley. I have the high ground. Um... <laughs> Technically, he had the low ground. He did. Yeah. And also, he had the bomb ground. But and this might be a sin as a, you know as a Batman fan, but I've never really been into Black Mask as a villain. I like him because I love a good old-fashioned crime boss. You know, I, I love Golden Age Batman, and I love kind of all of the plays on, you know, the gangsters from the 20s and 30s. And I felt, you know, as we moved into a modern age, I felt like Black Mask was still a good callback to that. But that's kind of where my fascination with him ended. And, you know, when I heard Black Mask was going to be the villain, I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see this. And then I heard it was going to be Ewan McGregor, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can kind of see this. But any, uh, like, uh, concerns I would have had or any ill will I may have spoken, Ewan McGregor made me eat every single one of those words in that theater. But okay. He he impressed the hell out of me, and like when he put the mask on, like it was actually like I got really giddy because I'm like, oh fuck yeah, here we go. Like Travis said, like let's go. It's about to go down. I I, I did enjoy that his face got fucked up there at the end though. Oh yeah, I thought that motherfucker was dead, and then and then and then it's like, oh no, his face is just permanently scarred now. I'm like, oh, well, well, I mean, all right. Not for very long. <laughs> I mean, a. It's an explosive climax, wink, wink. Hey. hey. <laughs> okay. Now, before we we dive into this plot, I I, I like th- th- like like I was gonna save this for the end because like 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 it was one of those topics that's more of like a wrap up thing. But then you know what? I checked tw- I, I checked Twitter as as we're trying out like a new thing, and I and I see a comment. Like, I I see a tweet. With a meme on it, where it, it like the, the picture the picture has 
a fan art sexy Harley from her new 52 slutty look. Arf. And it says, hope for this, but end up with this. And it shows a picture of Margot Robbie running in like the like, like the, the feathery jacket, and, like, like down like, like a behind the scenes photo. And the the, 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 the like the, the neckbeard like uh, tweet is if DC put as much time into the script as they did making Margot Robbie unattractive, Birds of Prey would have been a great movie. And oh my fucking god, I, I, I my my immediate first thought is, and the, and this just goes into the, the the giant conversation that has been bubbling around this mo- this movie from the neckbeards themselves, which is. Oh, they're not we- they're not wearing skimpy clothes. They're not as sexy as they're supposed to be. So it's not gonna be a good movie. Well, first this of- movie ain't fucking for them. <laughs> oh damn, he, he was he was straight to it before I could even say anything. Travis, you go ahead. Weird, go ahead. Like, oh god, neckbeards make me so mad. I got a question for the both of you. That's kind of speculative towards that community. When the fuck did neckbeards stop liking tank girl style things? I don't know. Because this is exactly what that is, and it, it's fucking awesome, to say the very least. It, so it blows my mind that you have all these dudes that are like, I want to be skimpy. <sighs> you know, like, bubbling at the mouth over a, what? The movie was fucking awesome, and if you enjoy movies in general, the fact that these are women kicking ass shouldn't bother you. And it's not even like that. Like, yes, Huntress wears like a more of a baggy assassin outfit to the point that like when she's getting trained, they sort of have those '80s gym jumpsuits on, which I thought was hilarious. And like, they're like literally half the freaking time, Journey's walking around in tight pants, a crop top, and, and a suit jacket. Like, like is that not enough? Does she have to walk around in a thong twenty four seven? My guy, like, like I, I know y'all got your rocks off in Suicide Squad. When she was, when Harley was wearing all like the pudding and the, and the daddy's little monster shirt and whatnot, and like, did it hurt you that when um, Rosie Perez picked up the shirt, she put it away? Did that hurt you? Because I feel like it did. Your little ego was so uh, assaulted that this movie about women kicking ass is such a problem. Like, yeah, Wonder Woman wears the skirt as part of her battle armor, but that don't mean she wasn't kicking ass. Same thing here. These women were amazing. So, like, get off your horse, like, for real, because your horse is, like, this dumbass little donkey that ain't doing nothing. It, it's, it's the same thing you keep saying over and over again, that you're mad that women are doing big things. Get over it. And even though there was even an interview that Journey and, and Margot did where they were saying, I think we look good. Like, yeah, y'all look good, and y'all kicking ass, so get over it. <laughs> Objectively, everyone looked good. I, the problem is, is that if it's... Fucking, if it's a chick superhero movie that's not as close to fucking porn as possible, they're gonna have a problem. And you know, honestly, I hope you guys get all the zits from your Cheeto hands rubbing your goddamn faces <laughs> over how hot they actually are in the movie. They were modest and kept the shit going. You know what I mean? So I can't, I can't understand this neckbeard argument. Maybe it's because I was raised by my mama, but fuck, guys. Like, <laughs> okay. Well, well, me, 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 me and um, Travis were already pulled out the Yu-Gi-Oh deck and put in defense mode. Mary, how do you feel? <laughs> I just want to say that I appreciated that exchange so much. I, I just want to let you guys know that I appreciate both of you. <laughs> Mary? But, we got y'all back. I mean, like, it's just... It's kind of sad. I mean... 
what happened to the days of if you didn't like a movie or you didn't think you would like a movie, you just didn't go see it? When, For real! When did that stop being a thing that happened? Why do we need to organize Rotten Tomato review bombs? Why do we need to, like, get the whole art, like, like boycott together? I don't understand. And Involuntary like... celibacy. That's why. <laughs> 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 I love this so much. But no, it's just like and it's just like I'm just I'm so tired of it. Like it's the same damn thing every fucking time. And you know, I have seen argument after argument of, you know, some of these guys talking about how the fact that, you know, they're frustrated because um, none of the men in the movie have any redeemable qualities and there's no male characters for them to identify with. And I'm like, I get that. I, I can kind of maybe understand your argument after like three beers and two scotches. Maybe you could convince me, but it's just like, God damn, are they like, do they need the power fantasy that badly? Like, <sighs> Like, honestly, if you look at Doc, Doc had a lot of redeeming qualities. He was just kind of mm. doing what he had to do to survive. He did that business and he walked out. I respect that. Right. I, it's, he, he wanted to, he, it was so much money he couldn't refuse. And I don't think anyone is immune to that unless you're literally in the 1%. You know what I mean? So it, it wasn't, it wasn't a male thing. It was just they're pissed off because there's not macho shit in their superhero movie. Like, I feel as if, like, like, like and also, like, we already said spoilers. I feel like they want to be Black Mask when, when he got mad at old girl about laughing and he thought that she was laughing at him. That whole scene was, like, some shit out of Law & Order SVU and that kind of made me cringe at points. But it was like, is this the kind of thing y'all want to do to control women? Because that shit is done, bro. This ain't of like, the, the, there's that old. I was watching a documentary about how, um, like, like old Disney Disney World rides and how the the, the the original Carousel of Progress like like kept having the dad tell the mom what to do and shit in the kitchen. Fuck that shit. That that is over. Get over it. We need to move on and let women be outside of us. Uh, like, like be alongside us because they're kicking ass we're kicking ass like dude, like, like i've only seen bits and pieces of shazam but i i i, I definitely remember there being two amazing women standing next to the rest of the dudes and kicking ass justice league has been a thing for years like why is this a problem do you need every woman to be in skippy clothes just to get your rocks off can you not enjoy the shit see i got a weird i got a weird hot take that you just made me realize just now about this movie oh. Go so, for it. Zaz and Sionis are the id and the ego of toxic masculinity, period. Ooh, Damn. I love that. Can you say that again just for the cheap seats? <laughs> uh, Roman Sionis and Victor Zaz are the id and ego of toxic masculinity. Oh, that, I, 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 oh that's, that's so good. That's so good. Okay, we, we, we've done hopped up on the soapbox for a hot minute. So how about we talk, we, we get some general, we've already kind of given our general thoughts on this movie. But, but for the sake of the argument, I, I, other than the movie being hijacked by Harley, I love this movie. The, like, it's def, like, it's definitely achieved the status of being, of not only being better than Suicide Squad, but also being one of the best movies DC's put out in this whole, like, weird 
DCEU slash somewhat transform because we don't know if Affleck and Cavill are still canon crap whole thing we exist in now. Like, it's it's definitely one of the best. Like, I'm going to sit up here and my trident and say Aquaman's still the best and and, and, and uh, Mary can still like, like wear her tiara and fight me because we don't have this battle to the end of the earth. But we also know that both movies are good. But, like, at the same time, Birds of Prey is still up there as one of the best. And that's where I'm going to stop talking before Mary kills me. <laughs> Mary, your thoughts. Oh, Lord have mercy. Um, honestly, I did not know what to expect coming into this movie. Um, but I absolutely fell in love with it. And it, it is difficult to describe, you know, what the movie felt like while you were watching it. Because, you know, I went to pick pick up my comic books because, you know, today for us is Saturday. So I went to pick up my comic books and the shop workers like, hey, did you guys see Birds of Prey? And I just kind of pointed to the T-shirt that Victoria is wearing because it's a Birds of Prey shirt. And she asked me how it was. And I'm like, it was really good. And then I realized that I couldn't describe it after that. So, like, the only thing my brain could think of to say was, like, John Wick with ladies and glitter. Like. (laughs) (laughs) Like, literal glitter. Yeah, and it's just, like, it is, in Victoria said, it is a clusterfuck, but in the best way possible. Like, it, it is just, it is a surreal experience, and I'm excited to see it again so I can, you know, see what I missed. And, you know, I'm just excited to further explore the intricacies of this film because it's zany, it's wacky, it's out of this world, but it is not without depth and emotional complexity. We have tragic origins, you know, with characters like Huntress. We have, you know, the remains of you know, what was probably a broken romance with uh, Renee and her ex-girlfriend, like, so, like, there is so much there that I could have, you know, used, like, another five hours just to kind of explore each little plot thread that I wanted, but it it is hard for me to overstate how much I enjoyed this movie. Is it perfect? No, of course it isn't. No comic book movie is perfect, but it was, you know, we've never really seen anything quite like this. It is easy to compare it to Deadpool, but they're very different feels. But awesome, real shit. When when they first introduced Doc, I thought he was gonna be the blind lady to to um, like a, for Deadpool to, for her for Harley. Right. Like it, it gave that vibe. But Travis, what were your overall thoughts of this movie? I uh, I fucking loved it. I loved how they they. They t- took that crash style storytelling and really made it work with Harley's muddled mind. Like it was, it was her telling you a story of what she had done right when her and the Joker broke up, and it was so. It was very like gritty and grimy. I loved that Gotham is finally, finally the grimy ass city that we were being told it was, not the brightly lit at nighttime in Justice League that we got. You know. So having all these elements where she had her favorite breakfast sandwich shop and her favorite taco shack and like all kinds of shit, it it really grounded her as a character while also taking the time to show the audience Harley's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were several times when like when when uh, when Black Mask is slapping her up when she's tied up in the chair and she just is gone <laughs> until she gets hit again. 
is like, holy shit, okay, so this is how she lives her life. You know, she she's enjoying the simple things, but her life is extremely complicated. And I don't know, it had, the whole movie was the same way I felt about uh, Endgame, but for the DC Universe being mm. like, okay, look, we're we're giving you women and people of color. Shut up, it's awesome. And it was. It was fucking awesome. I was yeah. blown away exactly exactly the same way that Ewan McGregor was, like, symbolically. Like, that's how <laughs> I felt about that movie. She RKO'd my fucking feelings off of this fucking movie, and I'm blown away. <laughs> but, um, but no, like, and then um, I, I just, like, as I'm like, checking out the live tweet, I, I just saw... Another, like a, a tweet that, that like from an amazing YouTuber that said like like jo- Joker colon doesn't even pretend to be lo- about the comic book character in its movie. Fans are like cinema. The neck beards go. A Birds of Prey has the heart and soul of most of the characters it's adapting, minus Cassandra, who should have been ca- called something else. Fans, they ruined DC. Fuck this woke garbage. Let it burn. Like. That shows you right there the lack of real, like the lack of actual perspective on this. The movie does take liberties, but it's not like throwing out the whole canon like Arrow or something. Like it actually gives a crap about what it's producing. There's all the talks that Margot Robbie said in different in different interviews that she made these people look up, like read the source material, like which can be debatable for Cassandra, but I'm gonna let it go. Like in general, like the, to hear the stories of Journey loving Black Canary, you can tell either Rosie Perez is just really good at what she does, or she looked up some stuff about Renee. Like she to did, a t- she did in an interview that she had read comics. Oh yes, thank you. Like, ugh. and I can, t- and as we already know that, um, like I, I, that Mary Elizabeth Winstead has like been in comic book movies before. It's easy to know that she probably did look up some stuff on Bert and Ellie. Because, and like, just the cheese factor of like her introduction is just gold. So they do the whole thing where it's like everyone thinks she's like just starts calling her the crossbow killer. It's like, I'm not the crossbow killer. My name is Huntress. I, I love that so much. I love it so much. So now that I'm over here talking about characters and whatnot, now that we're still venting, let's dive more into. The characters themselves. We already been talking about Harley, but since I'm already on Huntress, let's talk about Huntress. The whole plot being centered around her family because of how Roman and the whole crime syndicate of Gotham. Also, am I the only one that kind of sat there for a minute with all the explosions and things like Ace Chemicals or the shooting or like Huntress killing everybody? Am I the only one? Oh, that the was... cinematography was so good. That too, it like, is like that. So beautiful. Like, like just, just like I know it's like all, like all like fireworks and shit coming out of Ace Chemicals, but that was gorgeous. Like most of it was CG, but goddamn, that was gorgeous. But no, nah, like, am I the only one that kind of sat there like, where's Batman? <laughs> I can see. I kind of had that thought too. <laughs> like and, all this and, is going and, down and i'm like where are you my guy <laughs> right little little major spoiler it felt like at the end when they're like yeah helen is getting her connections back to fund this operation it was a real subtle fuck Batman. Right. It, 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 was, it was more it was more subtle 
than um than like like Titans saying it. Like they were like, yeah, we're just gonna ooze it, like, like ease it in there a little bit. We're not gonna like just be straight like fuck Batman. No, like we're, right. we're, gonna, we're not gonna stomp someone's jaw off. <laughs> like Jesus. fuck Batman. Kathy Yan and Christina Hodson throwing up the finger saying fuck Batman is so satisfying. Mm, yes. Like it it just so um tre- like mary your th- your thoughts on the arc that um huntress goes through this movie um i mean you can't really do helena bertinelli without talking about the bertinelli family massacre yep. I, I thought the the diamond was a nice touch again spoilers yada yada um but i thought that was a nice touch and it was a really very clever way to kind of bring Helena into the plot because you know Cass had a reason a solid reason to be there Canary had a solid reason Renee had a solid reason and then here's Huntress just kind of running around killing bitches but you know when it all comes together because I was afraid that at least one of these characters was kind of just like gonna be stuffed in there you know and I was happy to find out that the only character being shoehorned into anything was Bruce the Hyena yes um but just to kind of you know bring that all together i really liked it and to see helena who has very purposely distanced herself from other people you know in the span of just you know one fight you know basically an evening being able to establish more connection with these women in just one evening than she has with people for most of her life um the scene that absolutely got me was at the booby trap fight where Cass is trying to hide yes. behind something and Helena still has the little toy car that her brother had and she gives it to Cass and says, hold this, focus on this, you'll be okay. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And I'm like, right there, mm. that is Helena Bertinelli to a T. That got me, bro. Because, I mean, you know, you know, Helena Bertinelli, you know, she is you know, this brutal character, and she will fuck you up as soon as look at you. But yes. in the comics, she's a school teacher. Like, she loves children. She teaches them. Now, there's no indication that she's a teacher in the movie, mind you. But just that, you know, this person is so scarred, and, you know, she has rage issues. But she... I do not have rage issues! But she loves so much, and it was clear in just in that one scene in the end. You know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead did it flawlessly, and just I have nothing but good things to say about Huntress. Like, like I, I, I love the corniness of Harley coming in and trying to like diagnose her, but then her going, "Wow, I didn't even think about my family's money, and also I've been killing all these people, so yeah, I am kind of stuck here." Like, I just, I just love that brief moment of, "Oh my god, I killed everybody. What do I do now?" Yeah. She's like, oh, my uh, my revenge is o- is over. Like, 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 like I, I just that realization that oh, money exists. Like, once everyone's gone and Harley brings it up, like that was just gold. <laughs> okay, so now 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 that we done gushed about her, let's go to my uh, the other favorite of ours, Dinah Lance. Th- there's that moment. Where she sings and the glass cracks that probably had all three of us just really happy. But then, then out Travis, I don't know about you, but when but 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 when but when uh, Renee walks up with the coffee and she references her mother, oh 
Barry and I just were like on JSA heaven, just like, oh, oh, yes. And can we say Gotham's original protector? Mmm. Mmm. Oh, that was that was that was glorious. Like it was even even more of a middle finger to Batman. Like, nope, we we've been doing this for a while, my guy. Mm-hmm. And, and like that fury that that journey has, where she's like, "My mama died dealing with, 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 with trying to protect this city, and you expect me to do the same thing?" I was like, "Damn, that that's that's real shit right there. That's real." Oh, oh. Like just and then there's that moment and like I feel bad that her cry made her pass out for a minute, but like oof that cry, oh I, I had waited I had waited since Smallville to get a better cry because Arrow no sorry you wait you 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 punked me too long and then try to like say in the last couple seasons that the cry existed not f that f that no like just. just- oh. The scene with the canary cry is so overwhelming because you know it's it's the emotional high point in her story arc in the film that you know this is something she's been hiding and then she's letting it go, but with just the sheer like the sheer power and the and just it's almost primal in a sense mm-hmm. and and the fact that you know the fact that Journey Smollett Bell styled it after the Canary Cry in Injustice Two, like yup, yup, um, and like so and like she just has that almost like PTSD and fear in her, like starts like 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 start to like keel over, afraid to, to do it because she doesn't want to a- end up dead like her mother, and it's just and, and like and Renee has to go look, bro, you like you need to do this, you like like you know what you gotta do, and it was just like, oh, oh. And I saw it in IMAX, and like it shook my seat, it shook the walls, like it was. Oh. It was. I just reached over and I squeezed Victoria's arm for dear life. I'm just like, <laughs> I started to tear up a bit. Same. Like it meant so much to me. Like the legacy that they 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 didn't have to even do it. They didn't have to acknowledge that Black Canary, Canary is a legacy character. They chose to. And that meant so much to me as someone who loves the legacy of DC that hates that it's been thrown out with, with the garbage because people at, like the current like the heads of DC are not doing it right. Like they cared, bro. Like that meant so much to me. Travis, come gush with us. Join us. Bro, honestly, like my my biggest like love with Canary in this movie was that now she's a full-fledged Gothamite. That's it's it's official now. Like Oliver, fuck your city. We don't want your city. Damn. <laughs> Honestly, because like fuck Star City. Star City's kind of dumb. Like that's just how I feel about it. But like the way I don't know, just everything about her. After all the really shitty, angry, and just kind of downright fucking racist tweets and shit I read about her throughout the <sighs> week. Just the the way it happened in the theater was fucking die mad, die mad. <laughs> like, 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 there, there's that, there's that meme that's been going around where it's like, "Hoes mad, yeah." Ho, ho, hashtag hoes mad because this, this, the she, like Mary said, she is the definitive black canary, and like, yeah, hundred percent. And it's, it's like we, we kind of talk about it every now and again on board grounds, where if it's well done, fine, I will take it. And this is like, I want seconds and thirds and fourths. <laughs> I yep. want to get this. I want the scene. With her and Wonder Woman sparring, and Dinah's like, she could totally crush me, but we're just sparring. It's cool. 
I'd love that. I would, ah. Uh, and, and the door is open for that now. Yup. Yup. No, what I need now is I need, some, whether he black, whether they go interracial with it and you give me a green arrow, I, I literally need the, the, the Justice League of the Limited episode where they go to save Wildcat from, from oh, like, like, from, like, the, 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 the fighting ring. Like that, oh, that, that bumps. Oh, like Marianne, I know, I know you hate Justice League and when, when it's in the comics, but like, like, I oh. don't hate. I yeah. You know, you know, you know, you know what I mean. Like, I know, I know you hate what's what is done in the comics, but like, like I, I need you to come with me on this journey and imagine the idea of like a hardened old grump of a man as Wildcat in, in Journey, just like having that moment of legacy. I need you to come on this journey with me. No, like it's it's a fun idea, and I don't hate the cartoons. I hate the I, I hate the insistence that the cartoon lineup has to be the comic book lineup. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, bro, Travis, you you should you should have seen my DMs when Scott Snyder gave into the fans and and did um like and did the uh like TV show lineup. Like, damn. But no, like like I, I, I like I can agree because I I've been furious about them constantly doing the the like the animated series lineup. For um, Teen Titans, so that's why I agree with her, and why we keep we keep giving each other shit about it. Because I'm like, give me the Fab Five, damn it! And then they go kill it, killing Garth in season two, and then killing Donna. I was pissed. But anyway, we, 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 but we, you we, guys got me reeling over this though, because like Sylvester Stallone is Wildcat. He's already Rocky. He's already ooh. the boxing guy. Ooh, he's old as hell. Well, we don't want we, we we can't really talk about Sylvester Stallone right now, but uh, but 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 like uh, in general, that we 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 will enjoy that thought process. Um, and so from and then and we've already kind of like highlighted um like Cassandra a little bit, but yes, for what Cassandra does, goddamn, like like the the idea of this character, even if like you change her name to somebody else, it, it gets almost like. The whole argument of um, Ezra Miller in, in in Justice League, where it's like you can be like like somebody related to this character, or you could be another Gotham character because you're really good at what you do. But like, just change your name, maybe, or like take another like take another stab at the script, maybe. But like for what she does, I love it. I like I, I I'm not the biggest fan of the idolization of Harley. But like for for what it represents of her wanting to be a a better pickpocket, a better criminal, because of the fact that she thinks she needs to survive on her own because of her upbringing, I love it. I'm I'm a quit I'm a quit talking. Oh, uh, y'all's thoughts on Cassandra? I mean, like I, I pretty much summed up my feelings earlier that you know, Ella J. Bosco she did a fantastic job. Um, but I'm a little disappointed it wasn't comic book cast. But by the end of the movie, I was uh, I was down with it. You know, the fact that you know, if I can set that aside and enjoy it within the context of the movie, I had a lot of fun with it. But yes. in terms of just as a whole, you know, I like I said before, at the beginning of the show, I think you know she's the unfortunate casualty of the movie. Yes. Yeah. They, they, I don't know, for me, I, I enjoyed her, like, just like Larry said, like, towards the end, but it was that moment when she picked up the gun, it was like, hey, hey, y'all, hey, that was like, I was like, okay, the cast I love is not in this movie. Like, <laughs> it's that, like, you accept her as somebody else and just move on at that point. 
Right. Like, I, I still, I'm always going to love Cassandra Cain in the comics. But, I, like I said, I, if I have to sacrifice Cassandra to get a wonderful Birds of Prey like we did, I'll do it again. Like, <laughs> I will do it every time. I think duct taping her to the toilet was a little much, though. <laughs> like, she ate like, that rock. Like, they literally are trying so hard to make this woman go to the bathroom. I'm like, this poor girl. Like, she's going through hell just to poop out this, this diamond. Like, I... Get the colander. Like, Get the colander. I mean, you gotta hand it to L.J. Bosco, because I was watching, um, a bunch of them were on The View, and she said that this was her first movie. So it's her first movie, and the poor thing gets duct taped to a toilet. Like, what yeah. a way to start your career. <laughs> like, it's only up from here, kid. <laughs> like, I just... And, and, like, I mean... Like, hey, it it could be greatness. Like, there could be some great things in this girl's future. I would love if they just throw her in combat lessons and get her ready for a sequel of some kind. But, and then from there, Renee Montoya's whole arc of this movie, hands down, was just beautiful. Now, Mary and I were having a conversation behind the scenes, like, when I got out of the movie earlier. I was a little salty for those who who read comics. I was a little salty that her partner wasn't Christmas Allen, the uh, her one Gotham Central partner, and later the Spectre, because you made him, you, you made her partner who went above above her and took the credit and became Captain a black man. You had a perfect opportunity to add more to your universe, and I was a little disappointed they didn't do it after all the extra stuff they'd already done. I both. Uh... I feel like the fact that her partner is black is kind of a nod and a wink to the comics, but at the same time, I appreciate that they didn't make the asshole uh, Alan. You know, does that make any sense? Fair. That I feel like right, that makes sense. I feel like they tried to combine the two. Like, hey, hey, look, it's Gotham Central, but he's an asshole, so we didn't want to do that to Christmas. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I kind of appreciate that that he wasn't the asshole. Yeah. Okay. I'm down with that. Like, and and but and then just like the fact that she just keeps going. Um, I will say, hands down, the idea that she starts like trying to use Ali Wong, who played her her like, ex girlfriend, who was also one of like a, like assistant uh, like DA, like to use her as a tool to get what she needed, and then her ex rats her out. I was like, damn, that's cold, yo. Ali Wong and her six lines of dialogue. Like, I feel like she was proud to be there for that six oh, lines yeah. of dialogue. And I mean, and, you know, she's a comedian and I always love when comedians come in and they play really serious roles and like her character, like it was a pretty serious role. I mean, when she turns Renee in there at the end and Renee gets suspended, like she didn't want to do it. It hurt doing that. You could see it on her face because she's starting to cry. But, like, so that's just kind of, like, the right amount of lesbian baggage I wanted in this movie. Mm, there you go. I do want to, while I have a moment, uh, before we end, I want to cash in my one free tangent uh, card. Just go for it. Well, I want to finish up what we're talking about now. I just wanted to. Okay, we'll, ca- we'll cash in the, ta- the tangent. All right, cool. Travis, your thoughts on Renee? Ah. Uh... Man, it's hard to expand further than I already did. I love alcoholic, depressed detectives who have nothing to fucking lose. And, oh, dude. 
when I, she I, was yeah. boxing, when she was boxing uh, Harley, was it Harley she was boxing? Yeah, it was I, Harley. I just, I just remember her putting those handcuffs on her hands and going in, and I was like, oh, shit. And Harley's like, are you drunk? And it's like, oh, are you drunk? Oh, let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that just, oh, dude, I loved everything about Renee. And like that, like that scene where she was being ratted out by the ex, it was so... The the tiny moments that they had in between the two scenes when they're in the office together and then turns her in laid so much background for Renee and what she's going through that you just you couldn't help but fall in love with the character. You just couldn't. Yes. And then in terms of I just Oh go ahead, go ahead. I, I just I, I just felt so fucking bad for her. And then when she says fuck it and takes like Instead of following the system that's failing her, she does what she needs to do. And next thing you know, she's beating the shit out of Harley Quinn. Harley yeah. throws her ass out a window. Dead ass. Like, like I don't know about that moment they're using, like, the, the amusement mile, like, hit hit the beanbag on the toy thing. They do, like, the ding, ding, like, like it's a boxing ring kind of thing. Like, like, they just keep going at it. I love that to death. And mm-hmm. just, like, they even start from the jump. Where they don't even hesitate. They have Renee just straight confront Harley as she blows up Ace Chemicals to signal the, the, the breakup of Harley and Joker. Because that whole idea that after the uh, the actual breakup, that Harley's mooching off the fact that she has protection from Joker to the rest of the world because they don't know that they've broken up. And then she finally says, nah, F that. I'm going to drive a freaking like oil tanker into the freaking Ace Chemicals plant where I was reborn just to signal, like, my public, like, a change of a relationship status. Like, also that line from Renee was just straight gold. Like, like she just changed her relationship status. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> and just, and the, the, the idea that from the jump, Renee doesn't even hesitate. She just pulls up to the sandwich shop and goes, freeze. That, that, that whole chase scene was just baller. I loved it to death. She did not stop. <laughs> so, so, so. Before we talk about the future of this, of this, 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 this franchise or what Harley has plans next or what these characters have planned next, Mary, you like to cash in your tangent uh, like coin for the evening. Yes, I would like to cash in my tangent coin for the evening. All right, it is cashed in. Go ahead. Something that I absolutely adored about this film uh, was the use of practical effects. And, you know, it, it had a relatively low budget because um, with the California tax credits that they got, I believe it came in somewhere in about $84.5 million. For a superhero movie, that is a horrendously low budget. So, you know, doing what they did with the money they had was phenomenal. And, you know, you have these actresses and they did the majority of their own combat because they trained with uh, 8711. It's the same... Uh, um stunt coordinators is john wick and they even brought the director of john wick in to supervise uh and direct partially direct some of the combat scenes so um in the booby trap fight when they're all jumping around and everything and harley's on the roller skates that's all the actresses save a few moments like you know when renee montoya gets thrown into the wall kind of a thing that is clearly not rosie perez but I mean, the fact that they're doing all of their own fighting and that they trained so hard for this. I mean, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is, you know, swinging around like swinging around that crossbow like she's been doing it all her life. I mean, Mm. and the fact that because like I said, I've been obsessively consuming all of the pre-release interviews and that 
each one of the ladies in the movie had was trained in a fighting style unique to them and to their character. Uh, Canary uh, was a kickboxer. Like poor Journey Smollett felt all she had, like all she got to do was kick. And mm-hmm. <laughs> to hear her talk about it in the interviews, like her legs, she just like could not stand at the end of the day. Um, Harley focused on the the gymnastic aspect of it. You know, we see her bounce around and doing flips and kicking people in the face with roller skates. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, you know, she had the crossbow and you know basic hand to hand. I don't remember off the top of my head, but what I found uh, really interesting and and kind of just a, a little bitty nod to the comics was the fact that they trained Rosie Perez in boxing. So, you know, you see Renee with those, you know, she keeps the fists tight to her face. Like it, it is a boxing stance and, you know, she throws those hooks left and right. But it reminded me of a scene in Gotham Central where she, where Renee gets into a fist fight with somebody. Like outside of a bar, people gather around and she's just in this fist fight with this guy and she whoops his ass. I mean, you know, they beat the shit out of each other, but she whoops his ass. So I'm like, okay, so we have the fact that Rosie is trained in boxing and here is like a four page scene in a, in a single issue where Renee boxes the shit out of somebody. Like, I feel like it's that attention to detail that I love and it's entirely possible I'm reading too much into this but I just I I like noticing those little things and just the sheer power of it like I don't know like I said I can't really overstate my affection for what these women went through with training how they applied themselves to the movie I mean just damn yeah Sometimes I can't even walk up the stairs without, like, you know, hurting my knee somehow, you know? We've all had moments (laughs) like that. (laughs) But, like I said, just everything these women did and how well they threw themselves into these roles, I think at the end of the day, that's what made the movie for me, was just the, the, the dedication and the adoration and you know um even Ewan and Chris everything they brought to their characters I think this was just a perfect storm of just love almost you know they loved the source material and Christina Hansen and Kathy Ann cannot be praised enough for what they did here and I know the box office is low like i checked my phone while we were recording and you know a site reported that you know this is the lowest opening weekend dc has had since jonah hex damn it's disappointing and i think that there were a lot of things that you know maybe weren't done well enough because i mean the movie is you know it's it is being critically well reviewed like the majority it it was certified as a 92 percent on rotten tomatoes that tells you anything it's dropped down a little bit since I think it's in the 80s now. That's but sad. It, it's just as more reviews have come in, but the audience score is like 88%. So, like, it is solidly people are enjoying the film. The big debate right now is should it have been rated R? Is the big debate. I think the R rating allowed for more uh, creativity within the movie, but it also restricted access. So it's kind of, you know, you have to weigh it against each other. And, you know, 
uh, the coronavirus has, you know, really taken a foothold. Uh, China has shut down thousands of movie screens, you know, in an attempt to keep people out of the public from passing it around. So the movie's not opening in China. And let's be honest here, China usually makes up a pretty decent chunk of box office for most movies these days. Yeah. So I think there are a lot of factors that hurt this movie, but I don't think, you know, boo, girl, me, I don't think that's one of them, you know? Nah, fam. They want to bitch about something. Oh god, what gets me are the guys who are going to theaters and like taking pictures of empty theaters and like Are you for real they're doing that? Oh yeah, no, they're pulling up like, you know, the Fandango apps and seeing like, well, nobody's pre-ordered tickets to this showing and Ugh. you know, some guy was taking pictures of an empty theater. And it's like I feel like Renee, I need a drink. You know, I'm gonna be real fucking raw, but you think their time would be more like better spent jacking off at home. <laughs> Just fucking saying out loud, like, <laughs> like that's uh, that's one thing I kind of want to call into with this movie. One thing I absolutely loved was, and I got to throw out to the writing team and the production team was the attention to plot related detail and like a message and all the symbolism. Because I got the main thing I got from this movie was, ah, uh, you're nothing without that dude that was with you. Fuck you. I'm much more than he ever was, and that's the whole movie. That's the whole movie. It's so good. So I can't understand why people are wasting their lives taking pictures of empty theaters. It's not like every screening gets people, you know? We also don't even know if it's the right movie, you know? Yeah, it could totally be some bullshit. And it's like, like, and the thing is, we up in, like, and Mary and I keep having this conversation because we keep getting frustrated by the, by, by like, the, the, the cash, but not, not even that, but just, like, comic movie goers in general. Y'all motherfuckers, like, we're getting, we're getting heated because the, 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 the people are getting mad about this movie, but it's like, y'all, y'all over here get mad at Birds of Prey or any other DC movie that makes a change to their characters. Hell, we just had to admit to our, to admit on Mike that we had to accept Cassandra. Y'all people can get so like like complacent with how Marvel changes every character in the damn book. Y'all can be okay with every little change, but the minute the uh, the minuscule minute that there is a race change, that there is anything that 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 there is not as sexy as you could possibly want, because all y'all want to do is jack off, like all this stuff, all these different changes. The minute that there is a change at DC, y'all want to throw a fit. Now, granted, I I have been angry at times. I was mad at them turning, um, at, like turning Shuri into basically T'Challa's Q as if he was James Bond. I I have made my complaints in the past, but but at the same time, I admit that I'm not human about the Cassandra thing. So if we're if we're gonna be mad about this shit, let's be let's put it all on the on the damn table. Comic adaptations are comic adaptations. I'll swear by Arrow to the cows come home, but there's still a fan base for it. So why are y'all mad at women or any or me and Travis or anybody like have have in love for this film when y'all have y'all have love for BVS y'all have love for whatever a Marvel movie that comes out why does this have to but, but, but be a movie for you why does but, like that's the biggest thing you need to ask yourselves why is it every time that a movie for women or a movie starring women comes out because there was I'm reading so many tweets. 
They're like, this, this movie's gonna, gonna fail the same way Charlie's Angels failed, the same way the Ghostbusters failed. Why, why does it have to be for you? Like, for the same fucking reason that Roman has to own everything. Yeah, that's, that's that's pretty on the nose there. This tea is hot. Like this whole movie is we, we fucking hot tea. We spilling it. <laughs> so, th- 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 this is obviously a cue that this is not this is not a PG thirteen show. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm so hyped on this movie and just I this is this is de- I'm loving every <laughs> second of this. This is definitely an adults comic show, but we don't we don't care. We don't care. This, like, this is this is men are trash the movie and yeah I'm a dude but men are trash yeah like, like, <laughs> like I'll be the first one to admit that men are fucking trash we act like like for thousands of years we had like we could own women and now when like women are actually like saying no nah, fuck that we want to be a part of this shit they want to get mad and it's like who cares like like the, 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 there there is a line that like and, and, like an, and, and an old like like friend of mine used to say. That, like, we, we do not speak anymore, but there was an old line that they used to say. Are you mad? Here's a cape. Go be super mad. Because that's all I got left for y'all. <laughs> I like that. Like, that's all I got left for y'all. So, as we wrap up here, as Mary just said, num- numbers are low. I didn't know they were lo- almost as low as Jonah Hex low. Goddamn. It's looking like it's going to open to about the last figure I saw was about thirty-two to thirty-five million, and Warner Brothers was um, aiming for forty-five. Ah, uh, okay. But I mean, um, you know, but... the movie still has what a month in theaters. Like, I'm sure yeah. it will, you know, be profitable. Oh, definitely. Um, but in terms of the future, we know Margot is slated to make either an appearance or be fully starring in Suicide Squad two. That's not till August of 2021. Wait, seriously? That's what I saw. It was August of 2021. Like, they're filming right now, but I thought I could have sworn I saw something that said August of 2021. See, I'm a little standoffish about that just because I, deep down in my nerd soul, want Simone's Secret Six to be Suicide Squad 2. We keep, we, we, we keep wanting that. I want it yeah. so bad. August 6, 2021. Yep. So it's like we know that Margot's kind of benched until then. We we get that amazing shot of Helena using her money to finance this Birds of Prey team of her, uh, almost a journey, her and uh, Dinah and Renee starting their own little team to, like to to break down people like like in the city. Also, them costumes are are banging, and I dig it. Like I, I'm about that. Them, 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 them end costumes. I'm about the, it. The fact that Canary's jumpsuit is a throwback to one of Canary's suits from the 90s. Like, just oh, like, I love little it. little attention to detail. And, you know, Huntress has got the mask and she's got the white stripe down her chest. And, you know, Renee in any kind of a leather jacket ever is just perfect. Like, just I, I just wanted to pause the movie and just, like, put a fedora on her head. Like, <laughs> like, 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 just point this, like, just give her the, the faded out, like, mask or, or the, on the face and put the fedora and we Gucci. That's all we need. Like, yes. But no, like, if, 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 at this point, I think if we do get a sequel, we need to move away from Harley, please. Please. Pretty please, I love her, but like please, because now 
I need Cassandra to stand on her own two feet. Maybe bring in Shiva as a as an antagonist. That way, say Helena takes Cassandra under her wing when um, Viola Davis snatches up uh, snatches up Harley again, and then have Cassandra be trained properly. Do you want to then- know? My, do you want to know my pitch for a sequel? Ooh, let's Ooh, go. I got a pitch too. Let's compare. And, <laughs> you know, I I just want to say if anyone from Warner Brothers is listening, uh, this pitch is free. You, you feel free to take it. Yes. Um, let's see, because you know we have Huntress, Canary, and Renee. They are the birds of prey. But you know this last mission was real messy, and Harley stole that fucking bitch stole my car. <laughs> but you know they just they need somebody to whip him into shape. You know ooh, somebody ooh, who can ooh, ooh. who can watch over them, or maybe even tell the future. You know. So oh. have fucking Oracle or Batgirl or whoever Barbara Gordon is going to be just walk into a room and go, girls, that was sloppy. Let's that should have been the the, the, the the post-credit scene. Y'all I got a Batgirl movie on the way. Why wasn't that your post-credit scene? But I mean, you know, just have Barbara come in, whip him into shape, and then you know, you need a bad guy for that to happen. And then, whoop, here's Lady Shiva. She's trying to find Cassandra. And Canary, Huntress, and Renee are like, fuck no, we're not going to let you take her. And then, bada boop, I just handed you a sequel. Yeah. And then, okay. oh my god, does Barbara start training Cass? Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> See, that's my pick. Like, if we're going to tie all this in one good knot, that's my that's my pitch for um for the Bad Girl movie, is Take a little spin off the Birds of Prey TV show. Have all of Barbara's Batgirl in costume scenes be um, flashbacks because we like like first of all, take the opportunity, folks. Get get, get a, a handicapped individual to play Barbara Gordon and give someone an opportunity that they deserve. But in flashback scenes, show them empowered. Show them with their legs. That way, they can they can be Batgirl. On top of that. Yes, Cassandra was wasn't really trained by Barbara, but take a page out of the Stephanie Brown handbook. I know, Mary, you're gonna be mad at me for that one, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> take ooh. a page out of the Stephanie Brown code of conduct and train and have Barbara train Cass, or have Huntress train Cass, or have both train Cass, and make her the warrior and make her the future Batgirl. That would be amazing. Cause like the idea of Barbara being in the wheelchair but wanting to train not only the birds but train Cass and be her successor, I would be on top of the world. That's my pitch. Like, <laughs> like, like, just, like, just a staple on top of the movie slash franchise. I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to staple that cliff note to Mary's pitch. Okay, cool. Travis, what's your pitch? See, like, Mary called out a huge chunk of what I couldn't think of for the beginning, and that's introduced Barbara. But one thing I, I, I would really love to see is to maybe have Cass flesh out more as a character, maybe feel rejected by her peers, and run into the arms of her father. <laughs> David, as long as it's not New 52, David, I'm okay with this. Yeah, no, OG David, where he teaches her all that, and then she kills her first person and breaks her own heart. But then have it come full circle with Shiva beating the shit out of the Birds of Prey, and Cass having to beat her mom's ass like she's done a couple times in the comics to yep. save them. I, I think if they if they centered it around Cass and her growth and then did exactly what they did in this movie, but same characters, more depth, oh god. 
<laughs> so 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 uh like like um no, 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 no. like where where uh, so so what we're saying is Christina Hodson call us we got some ideas we want to shoot your way. <laughs> give Christina Hodson and Kathy and just give them dump dump trucks full of money to make another one. Because... Like like just dump trucks and call us. We we will have meetings. Because... We will help you. <laughs> and... we, we 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 will work pro bono and like just a trip to the premiere. I, I that's all yeah. I want. But oh, are you cool but, with that, Mary? Oh well, yeah. But you know, I'm gonna say this, and you know, somebody's gonna hear it. And so you're just saying this because the box office is low, do to do. But you know, I I think movie studios are way too obsessed with um, opening weekend figures. Like that is something yeah. that's something I've talked about for a long time, and it's you know one of my uh, theories as to why I think Disney broke Hollywood a little bit. You know yeah but i mean i think what matters with a movie is a did you enjoy it uh b is you know for the long-term performance was it profitable and c if you didn't enjoy it maybe shut the hell up about it like if you didn't like a movie say hey i didn't like this movie and then go home like it's not that hard go watch the bridge over river kwai or whatever boring shit you like Like, like, go back, like, go back to whatever movie you 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 deem be worthy of your like man baby ass and be over with it. But you know, I am a diehard DC fan. I'm a diehard Birds of Prey fan. I could not be, you know, more in love with this movie. I mean, I could, but you know what I mean. I just, I love this movie. I love what all of these people got together and what they did, and. I don't know. Like, I'm seeing it again on Sunday, or will have seen it. God damn it, timelines. You know how this shit works. But I just, it was. We're in hyper time, Mary. Yeah, we're in hyper time. But no, this was just, it was such a cool experience. And I loved it. And at the end of the day, for me, that's what matters. Amen. All right. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast, folks. Don't forget that you can listen to us on. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, YouTube, Overcast, Podcast, all a couple of the ones, but we will soon be on iHeartRadio for fans of that app. So, but uh, make sure that you download us. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, make sure that you review us. That way people can find us a little bit easier. And you can follow us on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. You can check out the websites, Twitter and Instagram at On Comics Ground. You can check out the website every weekday for brand new content like previews, solicitations, reviews, all that good stuff. Uh, Mary just released a uh, like another uh, like round of her series Harold and the Heroine spotlighting Renee Montoya, so make sure to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and, know what that noise was, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need that sound clip later. Uh, but but definitely check all of that out. We will be back next week with a brand new episode of Panel to Panel. Travis, what is your closing statement for episode 29 of Panel to Panel? Oh, uh, to verbatim quote the great Nas when I watch Birds of Prey I think of crime when I'm in a Gotham state of mind that Nas never said that okay um, he said I think of crime when I'm in a New York state of mind I see what you did there okay hey. <laughs> I love it uh, alright Mary what is your closing statement for episode 29 of Panel to Panel my closing statement, uh, if you've got the time and you've got the extra money, go see Birds of Prey. Y- you will have a good time. Yes. All right. And then my closing statement, as always, is support your local comic book shop. 
Um, hashtag neckbeards mad. Um, hashtag hose mad. Uh, this movie was die mad. Die, die mad. Die, like like this movie was amazing. And um, like I'm not I'm not even gonna give it a rating because I'm tired of giving movies ratings. Like the shit's good. It's one of the best DC movies we've gotten. So go see it. Uh, and we will catch you folks next time right here at Panel 2 Panel. Peace out.